Hello everybody, welcome to the NFNL podcast on today's episode. Myself and Josh Ward will go through all three senior men's divisions and review the three Good Friday games we had on offer last week as well as preview the rest of the competition for round three. We'll also preview the round three grading of the women's competition and we'll speak to NFNL netball manager Darwin Berry on the launch of the new winter competition Competition that starts this Friday, but we'll get to all of that shortly. In the meantime, Josh Ward, great to have you again. Great to see, great to be back on the podcast again, Nick. A lot to talk about from the three Good Friday matches that were on last week, and I guess we'll start with the one that we were covering in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One uh, between Greensborough and McLeod. Now there was a lot of excitement coming into this one. I thought, yeah. you know, it could have been a bit of a closer game, and that McLeod were coming in with some some okay form and, and surprised a few of us throughout the year. But um, unfortunately for them, they ju- were just no match for that Greensboro outfit. Guard defeated by. 107 points and they just really didn't look back after that first goal they, they dominated it was it was six goals to one in the first term and then they just piled it on from there that, that seven goal to one third term really summarized um, what the game was like they had some incredible goal kickers I think it was nine across the board and, and some really impressive individual plays as well that came out of that match and, and after being upset last week against Hurstbridge the perfect response for Sadi Kazi's men you couldn't have asked for a better response yeah I was I was expecting a lot more for McLeod too because yeah they they'd lost the previous week against a decent Heidelberg outfit on a massive win against North Heidelberg in the opening round but yeah this is a disappointing first first game for uh, third game for the Roos it was yeah like you said nine goal kickers Ben Panam and Harvey Danaher with four goals each thing about Ben Panam as well he kicked four they only had three com- they only kicked th- com- a combined three behinds which shows how de- shows how deadly accurate mm. they are front of goal. Zachy McCubbin, he kicked three along with Mitch Hill, who was player of the match. He, I thought he was unbelievable, particularly in that first half with all his leading patterns and took marks left, right and centre. Tom Bell did what he did best, kicked three goals, dominating midfield. Uh, Andrew Stellis with the two, Aquilina. Jackson Hasler with his first goal for Greensboro and um, Matthew Haynes as well. He continued his good start to the season. But yeah, all of them were class above, were class above most, pretty much all McLeod players. So it was a great it was a great win for them. A disappointment for McLeod. It might be the reality check they need. I know it's early in the season, but they would have been a bit high after those first two games. But I think it'd be a pretty de- it's a, it is a big reality check for McLeod. Well, I think the week off for them will be the perfect rest that they need. They, they come up against North Park um, in over a week's time, and, and that might be a good little reset for Craig Hayes' side. But um, back on Greensboro, I mean, you know, there were a few question marks. They had probably one of the easiest fixture runs in the, in the competition to start off. They had Whittlesey in round one, who finished ninth. They had Hurstbridge in round two, who finished eighth. Um, and I believe in this week, and then they had McLeod, rather, who finished seventh. So in terms of other sides in the competition, you know, you would expect them to go 3-0. and And then I guess after their loss to Hurstbridge, you know, you sort of had a couple of question marks. But all those question marks get erased after a big win like that. Um, and everyone just seemed to play in great unity. I think Harvey Danaher was probably one of the most impressive for mine. He comes into an already start, started team 
team, especially in that forward line. And, and he was very impressive in his four goals he's kicked, and he's already been a very good recruit for that Greensboro side. So just reaffirming themselves that they're still, you know, a, a very content, uh, a very great team that that will contend for that premiership. So um, all good in the Greensboro department, that's for sure. Especially after a big win like that in probably the only close game of that Good Friday between the three that we had. It was over at Shelley Street Recreation Reserve between North Heidelberg and Bundura. And, and I'll tell you what, at halftime, the Bulldogs looked home and hose. They, mm-hmm. they, were in com- they were comfortable. They were in control against Bundura. Um, and they had a handy three-goal lead. And, and, you know, you'd feel like a side like the Bulldogs would be able to, to steady the ship and, and continue on their merry way. But then an incredible six-goal to zero third quarter led by David Zaharakis. Two very impressive goals. Led Bundura to the to the victory and I guess you can't expect anything less from Bandura they've they've been that type of side that can get on good runs that are never out of the contest right until the final siren um, and this one was no different the ability to kick goals when it mattered most um, was really what won them the game Nathan Thomas kicked three goals um, and some of their older players stand up Brent Marshall I thought was very impressive their co-captain in Luke Collins um, was, was brilliant as well um, we already mentioned Zarakis and there was a few others that, that were very impressive and um, another important win for Bandura backing up from their very great performance last week against Montmorency it's a great win and yeah that's almost like a, fi- a finals like game you know momentum shifts left right and se- left right and center and yeah it's it's disappointing for North Heidelberg they would have expected to hold on especially given what happened last year out, out at Shelley Street um, it's a it's a some form of revenge from that from that lo- close loss last year for Bundura but yeah it's yeah they had a, a very even spread of goal kickers too you know as you said Nathan Thomas for three John Jorgensen he's been good mm, since yeah. he's come back into the side that he'll, they'll look to take advantage of whenever he's not playing in the Richmond side he had a brilliant performance David Zahra because what more can we say about him? He's an ex-crime medalist. He's a st- he was a star of the AFL. And it's g- those two goals, from the looks of things, they were massive. And, yeah, exciting to see him perform well. And the thing is, as well, Sam Lloyd hasn't really hit his strap. He, mm. he only kicked the one goal. So they're still, kick- they're still, you know, kicking scores of 190 these past two weeks. And if Sam Lloyd can get can get back and get into form in these next couple of weeks, it's going to be scary to see, to see this Mandura side. Well, well, it's great that a side's, you know, able to not just rely on the one or two goal kickers. I mean, we saw Danny Union, Union last week kick five. So, you know, the ability to, to find different goal kickers. We know Hamish Shepard can go up forward and produce a, yeah. as a target as well. So, you know, Bandura have a lot of great plays in that forward half that they can use. And, you know, that's going to be really scary for defenders if they've got so many options up forward. We saw it with Greensboro in our own eyes last week, while Bandura are pretty much the same. And apart from their blemish against West Preston Lakeside, they haven't missed a beat in that forward line so very good for them on North Heidelberg side and I know it was very early in the season but considering the situation they were at half time the fact that they were up and they were playing very good football you know losing that one ultimately it's going to make it hard for them to keep in touch with those top top sides if they want to make that that top five uh, throughout the year and I mean again I know it's early and you know there's still plenty of time to bank up wins which I'm sure you know the Bulldogs will do they're still a, a decent outfit but you know you just you just don't want to lose too much confidence from a loss like that and even though they've got the week off it will really be a great opportunity for them to regroup um, and you know set in and, and try and get themselves back towards that mark I mean it's going to be a tough for them in a couple of weeks and they've got a, a pretty difficult month ahead mm. which we'll get to in a, a little bit later on 
I think it's West Preston Lakeside and then Heidelberg as their next two games so you know nothing easy coming for Jason Heatley's side but you know they are a very very good outfit and when they're on they're on and we've seen it throughout the last couple of years and then before we get to the other Good Friday game that occurred in MC Labor Division 2, we'll actually preview the rest of the, the Division 1 competition. As we've got two games this Saturday, April the 23rd, and then we have a very special Anzac Day clash on April 25. But we'll start with Northcote Park versus West Preston Lakeside. Now, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately for Northcote Park, they're not just getting West Preston Lakeside, they're getting them off a disappointing loss, and that will be raring to make up for that mistake. So, you know, don't expect expect what Mayorana's side to go any less harder than you would expect. Um, they will be filthy with themselves that they didn't get the result against Whittlesea and then they come into unfortunately a Northcote Park side that haven't had a great start to the season, albeit they've had some pretty good performances in their games and some nice little patches but you, you feel like this might be a bit of a one-sided affair unfortunately I, f- I feel like it's going to be one too they're going to come in with a vengeance this week this week at Bill Laurie Oval or West Preston Lakeside um, yeah you don't want to be facing you don't want to be facing the Roosters whenever whenever you, whenever they're coming off a loss and a loss like th- a loss like that too so yeah it's, it's, it's I, I feel sorry for what's about to come for potentially for Northcote Park they could put up a bit of a fight there. well we say that because you know we, we saw last week there were two very big upsets so yeah. it's not that they're not capable at all um, so you know I, I feel like they're absolutely going to put their best effort towards West Preston Lakeside but if you have the Roosters at this stage especially coming off that loss but you know we, we could be sitting here next week and, and they could prove us wrong in a big way but hopefully for the competition's sake that does happen in some way because it'd be good yeah. to see Northcote Park get on the board at the early part of the season but that'll be a game to look out for the other one that's occurring on Saturday is a very big game and that's Heidelberg and Montmorency now the Tigers the only undefeated team so far in the competition they've won both their games and they've won them both in very good style I mean they were no match for Hurstbridge they just destroyed them from the bounce Um, and then McLeod we, we spoke about um, the Roos put up a good fight in that last half but you know it was really all Heidelberg and they were never going to lose that contest and they've got a good little squad together now Danny Nolan's team and they've got yeah. a big test probably their first test of the year coming up against this Montmorency team who were defeated by Bandura um, a couple of weeks back now so I've had some time to regroup and, and get some new ideas coming in and, and I'm sure Gary Ramsey's side will make sure they have uh, every chance to, to knock off Heidelberg which would be a really good win for the Magpies if they were able to do that but more so Heidelberg and we, we've talking, we've spoken about the duo of, of Bell Chambers and Gilmore before they've still got some quality throughout that midfield you know Lockie Wilson um, you know of course Baden Sy coming in who you know mm-hmm. you, we still expect to go to another level I'm sure he'll continue to do that Matthew Smith you look at these players um, that have been dominant in the league already for the last few years and and for all of them to come together at this point in time it's really great to see Heidelberg the way they are and you feel like if they if they have another great showing against Montmorency they might almost become the premiership favourites you would think so and yeah Danny Nolan when I spoke to him post-match after their win against McLeod he said this would be a really good test early on in the season to see where they are and I definitely think it will that that midfield battle that is going to be really enticing because Montmorency they've got such a strong midfield of their own you know Sam Binion Stephen McCollum Jesse Mm. Donaldson Jesse Donaldson not too sure well Donaldson's actually he's he's been injured he didn't play um, in round two and, and in my 
might actually be a long-term injury. So unfortunately for him, he might not be on the field. But we know that at the end of last year, he was appointed as, a, as a, an assistant coach, uh, more to say. And, and even though he was still going to be playing on field, um, he was going to get involved more in the coaching side. So the loss of him not being on the field, the gain becomes now him being that assistant um, and, yeah. and bringing his knowledge to especially that younger core. That'll be that'll be key for them. And yeah, uh, the, the other names as well. Yeah, Ling Jong, Mitch Honey, Ch- Mitch Honey Church, Liam Wild Buxton will will play a massive role mm. um, in ruck against Gilmore and and Bell Chambers. And I think he'll big be, test for him for sure. I, I think he'll be up to the task. He is a very ta- he's a very talented ruckman. But yeah, this is a massive test for him. But it's going to be a really good clash out at Warringal Park. And then the only Anzac Day game we've got featured in the uh, senior men's competition is at Whittlesea Showgrounds between Whittlesea and Hurstbridge. Now, this one's very interesting as well in the sense that you know, two weeks ago when the season started, you're not probably looking at this game with too much excitement. Um, more so just because they're two teams that haven't really had, you know, too much success in the last couple of years in the division. They've struggled against some of the top sides, but you know, if if you wanted to have these sides matching up, it's this game because they're both coming off very good wins against very top sides, and now they've got a great opportunity to go two and one into the season. You know, we'll see um, very dominant against West Preston Lakeside, able to hold them off towards the end. Same deal with Hurstbridge against Greensbar. Um, so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this becomes a very important game for both these sides. If if they can be two and one after three games, the confidence they would have in that team would skyrocket and. You you know, they would have the firm belief that they would be able to contend. So it's a test in a different way to what we've spoken about previously with Montmorency and Heidelberg. Um, but a really exciting game and, and looking forward to that being the standalone clash in the senior men's. Yeah, I'm really excited to see to see how that goes because, yeah, these two sides, they will definitely take a lot of confidence after after this result. And, yeah, I think particularly we'll see if they do get the win because they had their struggles last year. They, they picked up the two wins, yes. But, yeah, to get the two wins to the start, of the season, it will do their group a world of good. You know, they might get. I wonder if they'll get any of the players that that missed out last week coming back, including players like Jared Wade or who that who they'll lose as well. Maybe maybe Zach Malloy might get the call up again to the Collingwood VFL side. But yeah, this is going to be a very enti- a very enticing matchup between these two si- two sides, and uh, it's going to be hard to split. I reckon. So a lot of good games to look forward to in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One. We head over to MC Labor Division. Division 2 will begin with the sole Good Friday game that occurred in that division and that was between Thomastown and Epping and well we were looking for a response from Thomastown and, and they responded in a pretty big way let's say that a 99 point victory at home over Epping um, pretty dominant right from the start they had some incredible games from Michael Tang, Ben Neshi and Salvatore Mamone who you know dominated kicked 17 goals between them and that was you know over three quarters of their total goals for the entire match so their forward line really clicked unfortunately for them there, there might be some injury concerns now we know that Anthony Capici didn't play he could be out long term as well there's a few others that, that might have a bit of injury concerns Michael Tang was also one that pulled up a bit sore at the end of that game and, and he might be someone they might miss in that forward line and you know, for Thomastown, they've had a lot of struggles with injuries in the last couple of years. They just haven't seemed to be able to get their full squad out on the park for long periods of time. And, and it looks as though it's going to be the case again this season, which really puts a dent in their premiership aspirations because, you know, you look at the other sides that are really competing, the likes of your Lower Plenies and Banyuls, 
um, if they keep their, their squads together on the park for the majority of the season, they'll run over the top of Thomas Town, which is very unfortunate. Look, I guess the good thing for them is that you know they, they do have some youth that they're able to stand that are able to stand up and and play some key roles. And I think one that I've seen already this year that's really risen upon all expectations is Lawrence Lapicolo. You know, he got another great um, set of MVV coaches votes, which will be released shortly as well. Um, and you know, his ability in the midfield that grunt midfielder to be able to, to win balls out of stoppages and, and get the ball forward has been very impressive but you know they, they've still got some players in that team and, and young ones as well that can stand up in their place the likes of you know we saw Jackson Hayes had some had a great game as well there's a few others as well Bailey Grioli was very good yeah. again Unfortunately, they might have to rely on them to stand up throughout the entire season if they're going to be able to get over the line and get that premiership that they desperately want. But nonetheless, important for them because it's their first win of the season. It gets them on the board and they have a week off now. Um, but yeah, there's unfortunately still a little bit of concern for the Bears heading into the rest of the year. I do feel sorry for them because yeah, they've had their problems, including last year. It, I did have them as my premiership favourites given the squad yeah. that they had. But yeah, that, that definitely does put a dent in their premiership's aspirations but another player that could come into a place Michael Tang Todd Hughes you know he's mm. played the first three games in the reserves and he's kicked 14 goals including eight on the weekend as well in the reserves so yeah he a great opportunity a great opportunity for him I would have thought he'd be a lock given he was one of the the guys that the players that came from Bandura last year but yeah it's it will be a great opportunity for him but yeah it's 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 a great win. They they needed it desperately. Now I might see you know uh, someone like Tyron Leonardis or Masaki Miki have to go on the forward line and play a bit of a role as well if they need some extra numbers down there. So it'll be interesting to see for Epping an unfortunate loss for them sets them back a little bit, but a week off for them I'm sure will help their cause and 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 get themselves not op- give themselves an opportunity to get back on the winners list as well. So um, still plenty of time for Epping to turn things around and we look at the rest of the competition with all the other games being played this Saturday. Begin with Panton Hill and Watsonia, um, two sides that are one and one. Two sides that have had some impressive wins and a, and a disappointing loss in between as well. So very even contest that one coming into it, and um, intrigued to see who gets out on top because again, similar to what we're talking about with Wilsey Hurstbridge, if Clio sides can start two and one to their campaign, that's a very big confidence booster. Yeah, it's two sides that have improved a bit. Well, Panton Hill in particular with getting a bit more youth and a bit a couple more exciting players and the likes of. The, Ollie Parks, Ethan Gorski, those types of players. And yeah, what Sonia's kept their squad from last year and looking to improve because it's young and, and very talented. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, yeah, it will give them a lot of confidence as well. And they'll have that belief that they can definitely challenge um, for, a fi- for potentially that fifth final spot this year. And then we've got St. Mary's and the Fitzroy Stars as our next game to have a quick look at. That one's at Sir Doug Nichols Over. We know Fitzroy Stars are still a rebuilding side there. They're still trying to get that final squad together. Um, a good opportunity for St. Mary's to get two wins in a row after their disappointing loss in round one. Um, and we spoke about how they were going to be that mid-side that were probably going to challenge a few of those contenders. Well, these are the games they have to win to ensure they stay in the pack. Yeah, and the thing is as well, they only just won the, the reverse fixture last year out at Sir Doug Nichols Oval against the Stars. So, yeah, I think they'll be looking to to get a comfortable win this time around, maybe by 50, yeah. uh, may, maybe a 50 plus, plus point win. But yeah, it's um this if they lose if they lose this, then yeah, that's a massive blow for them. Uh, it's hard for me to see them losing. 
We've got Diamond Creek and Banyul. This one will be a very interesting game, mm-hmm. I reckon. Uh, Diamond Creek are a side that have proven that they can challenge the best in their round one win against Thomastown and then have also said that, you know, they still might be a little bit off the pace um, with their round two defeat to Banyul. Oh, sorry, hold on. I missed that one. <laughs> um, but Diamond Creek with their round two defeat to Eltham, um, that was probably a nice opportunity for them to, to bounce back. They kicked 5-12 in that game, a, lot, a game that had a lot of missed opportunities, but they have a chance to redeem themselves against a Banyul. Um, and, you know, we, we speak about the week off being good for a lot of sides. Well, for the Bears, that may not be the case. You've had a very inspiring win um, against Thomastown, you know, come from behind at certain points to win the game. You're on a high, and then you have the week off and you know maybe for teams it it might actually put them off a little bit and you've got to try and refocus and regroup again um this is a big opportunity for Diamond Creek. I feel like if they're going to be a side that need that wants to be talked about in the Premiership conversation, this is the game they have to win. They beat a side like Banyul, who is, who's not only been great already this season, but have been dominated last year as well. Yeah. Win that game, all of a sudden you're 2-1 and one and you're looking pretty decent and and sending a message to the rest of the competition to say, hey, we, we can still contend here. Yeah, and this is a great opportunity for them because, yeah, they'll, they'll again be a side that takes great confidence, especially given that they lost a few they lost a few this offseason, including one, Ollie Parks, who, who's been one of their best, uh, better mm. servants in recent years. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll, def- they'll still, no matter what, take it up to, Ban- to Banyol. It's out at Coventry Oval, which te- teams usually... D- Sometimes do find hard to play it to play out there, and um, yeah, but they'll need to they'll need to stop like a hot forward line with Jack Langford and, and James Kybrus leading the way down there. And the last game to look at in MC Labor Division Two is probably the game of the round in that competition, mm. and it's Lower Plenty versus Eltham at Eltham Central Park. Now, the Panthers two and zero, top of the ladder, very healthy percentage. Big win against Diamond Creek a couple of weeks ago. This is a huge test now against a lower plenty side who probably should be 2-0 and in hindsight. I mean, yeah. you look at the way they played against the Fitzroy Stars um, and then you know, a week back and their disappointing loss to Watsonia. They are a very talented side, the Bears, and... You know, it's just going to be a great matchup. These two always play some fantastic <laughs> games between each other, so I'm sure this one will again be no different. But you know, Alton win this three and zero. Two of those wins against sides that are in the top five last year, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, you start talking about them being the premiership favourites. You know, we we spoke at the start of the year and we didn't see lower plenty really being challenged unless it was a Banyul or even a Thomastown. Um, you know, one and one, so a touch behind the eight ball. If the Bears win, you feel like, all right, they're really back on track now and you've got to have that conversation again. Alton win three and oh, that is massive in the context of the season. Yeah, and if Lower Plenty do win, and if they win comfortably too, they're, they're definitely going to be Premiership favourites again. But yeah, like you said, they always uh, produce some classics. You know, hopefully, uh, last uh, last time around, last year, it was out at Montmorency Park South. I believe that was a twilight game too. So the Bears got the win there, held on only just in, in, in a high-scoring thriller. Hopefully it's something similar, or maybe it's something well, not as low-scoring, but uh, as exciting as that 2018 Grand Grand final. I would love to see something like uh, something like that. But yeah, it's um, that is definitely the match of the round. These two, I'm sure they'll produce another classic. Well, the division's definitely proven that there's some close games <laughs> that we've already enjoyed, and this one, I'm sure, no doubt, will be another one to look forward to. We'll take a quick break here on the NFNL podcast. Plenty more right after this. 
At La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds. Teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. Latrobe University, all kinds of clever. You're listening to the NFNL podcast. We'll move our previews of this week's weekend's action over to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 and Reservoir coming off their big win a couple of weeks ago. They're already back with a big test um, against Kilmore, albeit they are at home at Chris Park this Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, we, we heard from Justin George a couple of weeks ago about the vibe of the place and 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 celebrating the win, but he also spoke how they wanted to really build on this. Um, and and I just, they didn't just want to win one game and then forget about it and, and, you know, go back to where they were. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see some of those values they continue to bring and some of the momentum they would have from that game. Again, this might be another case of the week off yeah. being a bit of a disappointment in the sense that they can't bring that, that energy into the next week. Um, and they, they had to wait seven days, but... At the same time, I'm really looking forward to seeing Reservoir hopefully put up a challenge to Kilmore. And I'm not saying that they might get the result, but at the same time, if if they can really, you know, put them on the back foot a few times throughout the campaign, it shows that they're continuing to improve. And albeit um, for Kilmore, still important that they get the result here to, to continue their their touching distance of the top two. Yeah, and they'll be looking to bounce back after their disappointing loss too against against Lorimer out at home. But yeah, mm. it's um, I think. This this will be it's is it, it it's an interesting test for I reckon Kilmore out out of Chris Park. Hopefully there's a bit of a crowd there as well after after the Mustangs got their first win in five years. So it'll be it, I'm hoping it's not as lopsided as I'm thinking it will be. But yeah, it's um yeah it's going to be interesting to see how well Reservoir um come back after that terrific first first win. South Morang take on Laylaw at Mill Park Lakes Reserves. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, you, you probably think that game is almost a foregone conclusion unless Laylaw can pull back a, a massive upset. That would probably be not just the upset of the year, but the upset of, of a long time, um, particularly with Laylaw's struggles. But albeit similar to Reservoir in the sense that if they can put up a little bit of a fight um, at certain patches throughout the game, I'm sure they'll be content with that result at least. And then we've got Lorimer versus Mernda, Lorimer Reserve. Now, we just spoke about their victory over Kilmore a couple of weeks ago a two-point win they were able to, to come back and get that albeit that's that's going to be an important one in the context of the season the way it's going at the moment you, we know it's going to be so tight between that second and fifth place between those sides that are really trying to contend with South Morang um, and they've just got to keep those wins coming against a struggling moon that they, they really have had a poor couple of weeks to start the season they don't really want to fall off the perch too early but mm-hmm. um, you know a great opportunity for them to respond, no doubt. But yeah. you feel like Lorimer, um, if they continue on their merry way, they shouldn't have too many problems. They'll be, yeah, they'll be looking to bounce, definitely bounce back as well. Will, Will uh, they'll be looking to at least put up a bit of a challenge because, yeah, they, they've been very disappointing to start their, to start this season, mind you, against two decent sides in mm. South Morang and all Eltham Collegians. But yeah, that will, yeah, that'll be interesting. Two, two pretty much neighbours as well up the up at Lorimer Reserve. Uh, I'm expecting potential. Actually, a bit of fire, but yeah, it's um, 
it will be. Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, I think Lorimer will get the win because yeah, they've still got a lot of ta- talent, and despite their losses, and yeah, it's um, hopefully it's not it, like like the uh, like the Reservoir Kilmore game and potentially South Morang Laylaw. I'm hoping it's not as lopsided as I think it will be. And probably to match it around in that division is Heidelberg West versus Old Altham Collegians. Now both sides one on one. Both sides really fighting out for that fourth spot in the competition, to be honest. You, you know, you feel like South Morang and Kilmore and, and Lorimer are going to be the sides f- fighting it out in the top three. Well, Oldenburg West and Old Alpham Collegians are two I'm really looking forward to because Old Alpham Collegians were, were probably making finals last year had the season not finished early. Um, and, and Heidelberg West, we know of their finals drought and, and, their, and their want to get into that top four. And, you know, we know that there's been a couple of high-key departures there throughout the start of the year but both of them this is probably the most even matchup we're going to get across all three divisions coming yeah. into this and um, again it's early in the season and I feel like I'm repeating myself here but you know the winner of that game two and one after three games against some very decent opposition um, you know sets you up in real real contention for that final spot and, mm-hmm. and gives you an advantage which you need early on and, and to bank those four points yeah it will be and this is a very enticing matchup. I reckon it, it could be the match of the round. I'm expecting a really close one. Last time around, I think, yeah, out at Heidelberg Park, it was, it was, the, it was the Hawks who, who won comfortably as well, mm. too. But, yeah, this is a whole different old Eltham sides. They've brought in a heap of experience. Uh, Heidelberg West have lost plenty. They've gained a couple. But, yeah, if, um, this, will, this will really show who will, who will be that challenger to the last likes of Lorimer, Lorimer, Kilmore and South Morang and um, yeah definitely whoever wins this I think they might have locked away their final spot it might change towards the end of the season one of the sides might go on a great run or 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 a side drops in form but yeah I think mm. this will, I think this will sew up that fi- that final spot all four of those games being played this Saturday and then round three of the NFNL women's grading uh, is this weekend it returns after the week off last week and we have all but two games being played this Sunday we have two very big games on Anzac Day and it's Heidelberg and Montmorency with both teams playing each other um, in, a, in a great double header Heidelberg 2 and Montmorency 2 um, at Warringal Park at 11am and then Heidelberg 1 and Montmorency 1 um, in the game afterwards at 12.30 so great for the two clubs to align and and, and get together and, and, and play some great footy I, I have no doubt they're both really great clubs that you know yeah. have always had a great women's top team in the last couple of years so no doubt some very exciting matches there and then looking through the rest of the competition Diamond Creek women's 2 against the Fitzroy Stars Daniel and St. Mary's face off. Elfham play Darabin 2. Greens Bar play Lower Plenty Bandura. VU Western Spurs are home to Darabin 1. Uh, West Preston Lakeside 2 face Wallen. Lorimer up against Mernda. Diamond Creek Women's 1 play West Preston Lakeside 1. And Whittlesea face off against Hurstbridge at the Whittlesea Showground. So some interesting games uh, throughout in that one. Fitzroy Stars, a big chance to be 3-0. They're playing against a side that are currently on the bottom of the grading ladder in Diamond Creek Women's 2. And that would be a perfect start um, for the Stars women if they were able to get that result. A really great... Um, confidence booster for them. Yeah, it will be. And uh, just on the the Anzac Day matches as well at Warringal Park, it's great. To see. I, I, I'm so happy that those two they'll get to do standalone as well. Two 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 historic rivals as well from 
the, the old DV, DVFL days. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just great to see the two women's side continue. Well, continuing on from the men, a potentially a great men's contest on the Saturday and getting the standalone game, standalone games on the Anzac Day. But yeah, Diamond Creek women's and Fitzroy Stars. That's a game that real. That's a really exciting one. A good lead into the game afterwards between the the, the Creek ones and West Preston yeah. Lakeside ones as well. So they've done pretty well. I think my game of the round is between Banyol and St Mary's. So two mm. teams that are two and zero. Oh. Um, both of them had nice Friday at night wins a couple yeah. of weeks back. Um, and one of those teams being three and zero would be a perfect start to their campaigns if they were able to get the job done on that occasion. So that's a really good game and you know a, the perfect matchup for those two sides. I think at this yeah. stage in grading, just to see where they're both at. But at the same time, would be massive for one of those teams to, to begin their campaign three and zero. So that's probably my match of the round. There's still some great games on offer throughout the entire competition. Uh, Greensboro and Lower Plenty Bandura is also a good one. Mm. That should be um, a great result there. Lorimer and Mernda. Now, Mernda are also looking to be 3-0 in the competition, and um, they'll have the perfect opportunity against Lorimer to take care of that. So, across the board, some really exciting games. You mentioned Diamond Creek Women's won and West Preston Lakeside won well. We know how dominant Diamond Creek Women's have been yeah. in the competition. They had their big win last uh, time out against Lower Plenty Bandura, but a nice little test for them early against West Preston Lakeside won. We, which we know can put up a few surprises. So um, plenty of games to look forward to and be sure to look out at the NFNL website for all your updates, fixture-wise, results-wise, and news-wise. Have you got, um, throughout either the women's or the men's competitions, is there a game that, that you're really looking forward to this weekend to, to, to keep an eye on throughout the campaign? There's plenty. There's plenty <laughs> of action. Uh, I think out of the, I'll do women's and men's. Out of the women's, I think, yeah, Banyol St. Mary's is the match to watch because these two sides, mm. St. Mary's Division 2, they've made, looks like, plenty of change Banyol a very talented side in their second year to win as well so that'll be a really close match but out of the men's oh, I'm really excited to see Heidelberg Montmorency mm-hmm. I think there'll be a bit of a fire in the belly in both side uh, both sides they'll be det- they'll be very determined to get the win against against the rival not just on the ladder but a, a historic rival too as I said they've been around for, uh, for in the NFNL for pretty much the pretty much since the DVFL old DVFL days and I'm really excited by that matchup. I think that could be a really close one. There's plenty to look forward to, no doubt. Well, that'll leave us in terms of Josh Ward. Great to have your analysis as always, Josh. Thanks for coming on. No problem at all. Always a pleasure. And we'll chat now to the manager of the NFNL netball competition, Darwin Berry, on the eve of the return of the winter netball season. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the manager of the NFNL netball competition, Darwin Berry. Darwin, thanks so much for coming on and having a chat on, on, what's, on what's the eve of a very exciting winter netball season. Thank, thank you, Nicholas. Thanks for having us um, on today. Um, great to have a chat and we are certainly looking forward to a great summer, sorry, winter season coming up. We've um, just finished our summer, of course. Um, but yeah, no, very exciting um, and all the girls and um, spectators 
spectators and supporters are all looking forward to getting on board. Well, let's start with the summer competition that obviously finished last month. Another successful season with all seven sections finishing off their campaigns. Mm -hmm. How exciting was it for those girls in particular to have a full season considering we weren't able to get the winter one finished last year, um, having them come onto the courts and, and playing a full campaign and, and being able to celebrate some grand final wins? Oh, look, everybody was just excited to be back on the court for the full summer um, and those that were successful and made it through to the grand finals were even more excited. Um, some had been waiting a couple of years to actually get to that grand final because they've had their um, seasons cut short. So um, all in all, it was... Um a great result for everybody and everyone thoroughly enjoyed um, being out back on the court. And we've also got the winter competition starting on Friday hoping again for, for this one to be the third Absolutely. time lucky <laughs> to get the season completed. Uh, more teams than, than last year and more clubs as well which is very exciting for the whole competition um, what's been the vibe around everyone in the netball space and getting ready for this year? Oh, look we had a coaches meeting last night and it was quite everyone was quite excited to be getting back there um, and great to see two new clubs coming in as is in Hazel Glen, who did compete in our summer, but it's their first um, uh, winter season, of course. And then we've also got Johnny Brooker coming on, uh, coming in as well. Um, yeah, so look, and, and numbers-wise, we're looking at we finally reached that hundred, um, which is 101 teams we've closed out, which is even more exciting to the fact that we finally reached that hundred number. Um, in saying that, it always brings challenges with it as well. So uh, fixturing and scheduling is always going to be. Um, logistically um, challenging but we do our best to ensure that the clubs do stay together um, so they can have that club environment which is not something that's normally seen within the netball space um, and yeah it's just everyone's really excited to be back and obviously we've got sort of first four weeks being grading as well mm -hmm. gives you the chance to assess where teams and clubs are at not that I envy you with that task no. of 100 <laughs> teams but um, yeah obviously it gives all the clubs an opportunity to, to play out the first few weeks mm -hmm. of the year and, and, and then assess where their best section is so you know that that whole process would be an important one for all the clubs involved absolutely. yes absolutely and and it is getting that balance right and sometimes we also find that clubs are actually uh, grading within the grading period which also throws out other challenges because their teams to change from some weeks to weeks uh, and of course COVID also, also will throw us some challenges this year which I'm already aware that we do have a couple of clubs that are um, down on players during um, being um, either isolation or um, being a close contact. So again, the challenges are there, um, but grading, as we know, just um, we get through that and it actually evens out everyone quite nicely and over the years, so, um, our grading has been um, quite successful and uh, don't believe our margins have been pretty close each, each year so which is great you spoke about challenges before we've seen in the football space unfortunately with, with a bit of the umpire shortage mm -hmm. as well and, and how that's been affecting clubs around in, in football circles and unfortunately for Nepal it's a bit of a similar case could you maybe provide a bit of an update on, on where that's tracking and, and what people that are listening can do if they do want to get involved in, in umpiring Nepal yes well as you alluded to um, umpiring is, is across the board in all sports that's um, quite short at the moment uh, we are Unfortunately, we do have um, a good uh, group of uh, umpires that has, has been with us for quite some time, but again, we are still struggling in some in some of the areas. We have been over the last year also running some umpire training um, programs for development, and that is bringing through some newer umpires to the game, but at the same time, uh, 
we need to make sure there was with experienced um, umpires. We've been able to then create a mentor program to work alongside those umpires um, and even those inexperienced to create more uh, mentoring. So if there is anyone out there that hasn't umpired before or is interested in umpiring, has umpired before and would like to get back into it, it's a great way to earn some pocket money. Um, is a cash... Um, Tax-free, tax <laughs> I should say. That's all right. Tax-free um, and paid weekly to a nominated bank account. Um, so, yeah, be happy to have anyone come back on board. And we are fortunate that we have Anne Castles also working with us. And for those in the netball circle would be well aware of Anne's um, uh, experience and, and knowledge and would be learning from one of the best within um, the netball Victoria space. Uh, so very fortunate in that um, and we're doing our best to help grow uh, not just players' participation but umpires' participation um, through our program as well. And and just on junior netball as well, obviously we've got the, the Net Set Go program which yes. has been really great in the last year or so that's been sitting up. How, I guess an update on the program, how that's been running and, and the work that's been put in place to continue to set up that pathway between junior and senior netball. Yeah, so that's, that's, been, that's been another um, part of it, that's part of the NFN strategic plan for um, at the present and part of that was to establish a junior netball competition which we've been working on for the past is going into its um, third year um, based on the fact that we had two out with COVID. Um, last year we were successful in finally getting it up and going and getting out to um, some schools and running some clinics out there. From that um, the schools in Epping space have now been able to have um, a club, have some teams play under the Epping football netball um, banner. Uh, being it from Epping Views and from Harvest Home, um, Donnybrook, we've been able to successfully run out there, so they will have junior netball. Uh, South Morang, we've been working with South Morang as well and working through the um, Plenty Parkland School. And um, we're just commencing in the next couple of weeks with um, South Morang Primary School, which will then be a feeder into the Heat Netball Club. Uh, more clubs are actually asking about the program as well. Um, again, we're bringing a lot of people into the sport um, to, to grow participation. Some people have never played before in some of the newer areas in that northern region corridor have not seen netball before. So. Um, along with our co a partnership with Collingwood Magpies uh, Netball, we've been able to um, get some uh, netballs out there, um, give them some opportunities to go and watch the Collingwood Magpies play so they can actually see a bit more but also understand and develop themselves into netballers, and both male and female. That's, that's great. That's absolutely great to get that program running for all those juniors that want to come in and, and learn more about the sport. Obviously, we've got a school holiday program coming up as well this Friday as well did you maybe want to run a bit more about that and, and what we're offering for, for these opportunities for these young kids so we are um, some may have already seen advertising out there we've got a junior netball program ha holiday program happening here at La Trobe Sports Stadium on Friday from 9 till 3 uh, you still too, not too late to register for that so jump onto our website and um, find the link from there and register um, going to be a great day. We've got a number of um, coaches will be here with stations set up and we will move through um, different techniques and different skill set for, for netball um, and looking forward to a great day. 
And just finally, with, of course, the winter netball season coming up, what are you most looking forward to, apart from, obviously, the fact that you, you want to get through the season unscathed and that, you know, we're able to crown premiers and, and have a great competition? What, what are you personally looking forward to? You know, you've gone through a lot of hard work to set up everything up, and, and now that we've, we're right on the eve of the season, I'm sure you're very excited with it, with how you want it, uh, how you all want to see it happening. But, yeah, what, what are you most excited for coming up to the season? Um, look, just to get everybody back, um, netball has been something that's been growing for quite some time and it's growing um, within the clubs and uh, to be able to have sustainability within clubs um, seeing everyone on the court having the camaraderie between the football and the netball clubs um, and just just people getting back to participating, doing something they love. Um, some people only, um, they use this as a bit of an, as also a social outlet so that they um, come here to play and they like to catch up with their friends and whether they be on the same team or opposing teams, it's always great to, for everyone to catch up. So just having everyone back together and getting through the whole season. Fingers crossed we are able to do all of that. Darwin, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat. No worries. Thanks, Nicholas, and welcome to the NFNL as well. <laughs> Thanks, Darwin. Thank you.